Welcome to the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. I hope that you and your family are well wherever you may be. As always, we can't thank you enough for joining the show um, and, and, and hope that you are enjoying it. Uh, obviously, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz. You can find myself at Stats AC. You can find the podcast wherever podcasts may be available. Um, you can find it through Stitcher, Spotify, the uh, podcast app on your iPhone, wherever that may be. We also want to remind you of our title sponsor, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices. Um, all the car parts you ever need, visit rockauto.com today. And if you do, let them know that Locked On sent you. Also, we want to remind you, if you ever if you do listen to the show, again, we certainly appreciate it. But, you know, subscribe, listen, hope you enjoy it, and give, leave us reviews. Let us know what you think of the show, and make sure to let me know or the show know via DM on Twitter what you think as, as far as what content you might like to be covered we, uh, that is relevant. Um, on today's show, uh, we're going to discuss, um, you know, obviously the big news of the week for the Grizzlies, the uh, John Moran and Brandon Clark making the All-NBA Rookie Team. We'll, we'll talk about all the rookies that made it, what it means for John Moran and Brandon Clark, and how it's a continuing trend, actually, in the case of the Grizzlies in terms of how much they've, success they've had when it comes to NBA All-Rookie Teams since they've been in Memphis. We'll do that in the first few segments, and we'll also discuss the playoffs in the third segment, talk a little bit about how some of the things that have occurred in the playoffs are could impact the Grizzlies next season, especially the fallout from some teams that have gone home earlier than they expected and some surprises that have happened uh, as well. But let's get right into it. So obviously it was announced, I believe on Tuesday, uh, the NBA All-Rookie Team uh, for the 2019-2020 season. Now, uh, the expectation certainly was there that John Morant and Brandon Clark would both make the All-NBA Rookie First Team. It was just as you know expected as John Morant winning uh, the um, you know Rookie of the Year award. A big difference for John Morant, though, this time was that he actually was a unanimous selection for the All-NBA Rookie First Team, even though he wasn't for the All for Rookie of the Year. Now. We're not going to get into all that. We, we've talked about that until, you know, it can't be talked about anymore. We'll bring it back up, though, if that brave soul who voted for Zion ever reveals him or herself. No pressure. We need that to happen. Anywho, John Morant, unanimous selection to the All-NBA um, a Rookie First Team. Kendrick Nunn, who finished second in the award, though it should have been Brandon Clark. Kendrick Nunn got the second highest votes for the All-NBA Rookie First Team, just like he did for Rookie of the Year. This time, though, there was a switch in the rankings. On Rookie of the Year, Zion finished third. Or excuse me, Zion, yeah, finished third, while Brandon Clark finished fourth in the voting for Rookie of the Year. Well, for All NBA Rookie First Team, Brandon Clark actually finished third, while Zion finished fourth. So we've talked about that, you know, as much as we possibly can. And then Eric Pascal rounded out the All NBA Rookie First Team. So the first team in general: John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Brandon Clark, Zion Williamson. Eric Paschal. Now, Eric Paschal actually won the a, a, a first-team selection by one vote over Tyler Hero. Paschal and Hero had a bit of opposite seasons. Took Hero a little bit to get going, but once the calendar turned to 2020 and before the season got suspended, to Hero really turned it on for the Heat once he got into his groove. Paschal actually got off to a very hot and unexpected start. He was an unexpected member of the All-NBA uh, Rookie First Team because he had a sensational start to the season for the Warriors. That got, you know, kind of faded a little bit as the NBA adjusted to him, but certainly was a fine for the Warriors for the future. But as far as the second team goes, it's Tyler Hero, Terrence Davis, who, like Brandon Clark, was an unbelievable find for the Toronto Raptors, Kobe White, had a great season in Chicago, P.J. Washington, and Rui Hachimura, two other lottery picks from this previous season that obviously had very good first seasons in the NBA. The third team is led by a familiar name, R.J. Barrett. Now, R.J. Barrett, when the 2009 draft occurred, 
course, was discussed on the level of John Morant, you know, potentially being someone who's on that same talent tier as Morant. Well, while that did not prove to be true, Barrett did, you know, start to come into his own in New York. Obviously, he was on a big, big stage, so it naturally took him a little bit of time to get going, but he is the uh, leading vote-getter on the third team. And then, of course, you had Matisse Stiebel, Darius Garland, DeAndre Hunter, Michael Porter Jr., Jackson Hayes, Cameron Johnson from Phoenix, and Cody Martin, you know, from Charlotte. Now, a big name also that stands out there is Michael Porter Jr. Again, remember, these the votes for this team occurred before the suspension happened. Well, if the season had gone as it regularly was expected to, Porter Jr. may not have had the impact on the playoffs or like he did in the bubble or playoffs had the season continued. So the reason why Porter Jr. is on the third team is because he his limited availability as the season got going, coming off you know missing um, he, he, the 2018-2019 season, he was pretty limited, but it certainly has paid off for the Nuggets, obviously, in the playoffs. But that's where we stand with these all-NBA rookie um, teams. You know, in terms of the 2019 class as a whole, I think the big thing that you take away from it is that beyond the first two picks, beyond Zion and Jaw, it really was kind of a crapshoot. It really was all about situation and which talent got with which coaching staff to really maximize its potential. And that's why it shows that a lot of the lottery picks are a lot of the first or the first 10 picks they're actually on the third team while those players who were taken in the teens and and, and later in the first round are, are are um you know on the first and second teams so that's that's kind of that's kind of the situation with this upcoming draft class is you know a lot of times the reason why someone who is picked 25th is you know the second or third best rookie out of that class two to three years down the road they they landed in the right system with the coaching staff that can maximize this potential and we've seen a little bit of a bit of that out of this class so far but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i'm actually going to talk more about this amazing accomplishment for both john morant and Brandon Clark, going to talk a little bit about how it's a growing trend for the Grizzlies in terms of all NBA rookie teams and the historic significance of both rookies landing on the all NBA rookie team for the 2019 2020 season. We are now in the home stretch of the 2020 calendar year, and while it has certainly been uh, a difficulty, likely, for all of us um, on many different levels. Activity probably has picked up. You know, kids are back in school. Fall sports are going on to whatever extent they may be going on. You and, and, and your significant other, whoever it may be, may be getting back into work. So you've got a lot of moving things going on. It's the least ideal time for you to experience car trouble. Well, if you do, while I'm not someone who can tell you how to fix your car, I can at least tell you where to go to find your parts, and that's rockauto.com for a variety of reasons. First off, rockauto.com is easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll have exactly what you need. And it's likely that you're going to find what you need because rockauto.com has a great selection of car parts from many making models that are around. Also, it doesn't matter your experience. If you do your own repairs, if you need someone else to do them, or if you do car repairs for people for a living, rockauto.com is a great source to have. And it's because of its its cost-effectiveness. This is a family-owned business. They know that car trouble typically falls outside of budget, so they try to keep prices as reasonable as possible. If you go to rockauto.com right now, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So as I was mentioning, you know, obviously John Moran and Brandon Clark, as expected, made the All-NBA Rookie First Team. And while it's not something that happens every year and it is considered a rare occurrence, it obviously has happened before where two rookies made the when two rookies from the same team made the All-NBA Rookie First Team in the same season. Now, with the, in the case of that happening, the last time that it occurred was the 2016-2017 season with Dario Saric and Joel Embiid made it for the 76ers. In fact, over the past 30 years, it has happened eight different times. Dan Feldman from NBA Sports um, brought that to light uh, through a tweet previously this week. It's happened eight different times where two teams have had, or excuse me, where a team has had rookies were has had two rookies make the all NBA rookie first team in the same season but the thing about it is this is that when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies their success in terms of their rookies receiving accolades and the distinction of making the all NBA rookie team that actually has become more of a familiar occurrence for the Grizzlies than nearly any other organization in the NBA since they've come into existence. What do I mean by that? Well, actually, you know, when it comes to the Grizzlies as an organization, it started back in Vancouver. It started actually in their first year um, of existence. Bryant Reeves actually made the all-rookie, yeah, all, all-rookie second team. Then other names, more historical names, um, and prominent names in the history of the Grizzlies franchise, Sharif Abdurrahim and Mike Bibby, they each made the all-NBA rookie first team while the Grizzlies were in Vancouver. But the real success started for the Grizzlies when they first moved to Memphis as they were getting established after their first playoff run and obviously here recently. In the 2001-2002 NBA season, the Grizzlies actually, that they actually had two rookies make the All-NBA rookie first team then, Shane Battier and Pau Gasol. The Grizzlies also obviously had um, uh, Gordon uh, Girasek, make it around that time as well. He made the All-NBA Rookie second team. In the middle of their first decade in Memphis, they also had some success, starting with Juan Carlos Navarro making the All-NBA second team in the 06-07 season and Rudy Gay making the first team in the 06-07 season. Then, O.J. Mayo made the All-NBA team during the 08-09 season, while Mark Gasol made the All-NBA second team. Following that, obviously, was the grit and grind era. And now we've seen recent success where Jaron Jackson Jr. made the All-NBA Rookie First Team in the 18-19 season and, of course, Morant and Clark this year. So what does all this mean? Well, the indication is, is that when the Grizzlies have had success with their rookies making the All-NBA Rookie Team, that has indicated the start of a good part in the franchise. Think about it. When Gasol and um, Battier, and and though Girasek really did not have any type of long-term success with the Grizzlies, but when Battier and Pau Gasol made the All-NBA Rookie First Team in the 01-02 season, their first season in Memphis, two years later, the Grizzlies started a a streak of making the playoffs three straight seasons. Now, don't get me wrong. Wasn't that successful? We set the record for the most consecutive playoff losses. We were 0-12 with three straight first-round sweeps. But still, for a team that had moved from Vancouver because it was failing there to Memphis to have had three straight seasons of making the playoffs, that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. 
Then you look at going through some of the lean years. You know, when we when we made a lot of bad draft decisions. You know, we made you know so we made, obviously the Pau Gasol trade. You know, was was looked at as, as being a tragedy. As a matter of fact, when the Pau Gasol trade was made, I mentioned it in an article I wrote over Grizzly Bear Blues. Greg Popovich himself called out the NBA because he felt that the Grizzlies' return for Pau Gasol was too light. But of course, as we all know, at the time, it wasn't known that Mark Gasol would become a borderline, you know, potential one of the greatest Grizzlies ever, and perhaps a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he'll make it, but he has, you know, maybe not on the level of Powell as a player entirely, but he certainly has become a significant NBA player in this generation and was obviously a big contributor to the grit and grind era. But again, that grit and grind era, that was the best part of the Grizzlies franchise, one thing that indicated that success was coming was the fact that the Grizzlies had some success with players making the all-NBA rookie team. You had Rudy Gay, you had O.J. Mayo, and you had Marcus Hall. And though Mayo and Gay themselves did not directly have impact on the grit and grind era, you know, Gay led to the Tayshaun Prince acquisition, which helped us get further than we had, you know, at any other time when we made the Western Conference playoffs. So again, success in the draft and initial success with our rookies indicates that we start that, that we were going to have success as a franchise. Well, now... You look what happened back at the in, in the 0102 season. You look what happened towards the end of last decade, in the, or at the end of the 2000s into the 2010s, and a decade later, we're seeing the same thing happen now. The big difference, though, between now and then is that when you look at the trio of Jackson Jr., Morant, and Clark, and you compare them to the other trios that I mentioned, there's no comparison. The level of potential that those three players have, and Morant, Jackson Jr., and Clark, is obviously, in my opinion, the best naturally talented young trio this Grizzlies team has had. You can argue that the the grit and grind core was there, but those guys were much further in their career. You've got to remember, Jackson Jr. and Morant both just turned 21 over the past two months. Brandon Clark is about to turn 24. But the thing that I'm getting at is is that the growing trend with the Grizzlies, in which they've had so much success with rookies in in, in clusters, in, in, you know, within a few years making the All NBA rookie team, that's been an indication of when the franchise was going to experience success. And this time, well, like they say, third time's a charm. This time, hopefully, the result will be an actual NBA title contender. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen in the near future. I don't know if it's going to happen next year. It's probably going to be a few years before it actually does occur, and that's fine. We've got time. But the whole idea is is that the, the Grizzlies, as they have had a trend of make of, of you know being the source of several rookies who have made all NBA rookie first teams, that's also been a clear indication that the Grizzlies are on the upward swing. And that just is a compliment to our front office, and it's a compliment to our coaching staff. We just did our player review series, and I covered all the players that were relevant to the Grizzlies' success. No players are relevant to the Grizzlies' success going forward than these three young stars in Jackson Jr., Morant, and Clark. And while their success on the court is is so influential on how much future success the Grizzlies will have, their connection with the coaching staff and their connection with the front office, they know that they have the support of those teams. That camaraderie, that chemistry that I've always talked about was 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 not there in our previous front office, but is there. That respect, that chemistry, that um, being in sync 
from the front office to the coaching staff to the roster, that had just as much of a um, reason why these three young players have had the impact that they've had in the NBA so far, besides their natural talent. That's not taking away anything from the games of Clark Morant or Jackson Jr. It just means that they've been put in an environment where they've really exceeded expectations so far in their career. So the fact that we've got arguably, in my opinion, arguably the most naturally talented trio that that we've ever had playing at once. It now seems like we also have the support of a front office and coaching staff that are more in sync and and more in line. And just to be honest with you, probably more talented and competent than previous regimes have been. So when you take into consideration the, the historic significance of what the Grizzlies have done this year for the rookies in terms of Morant and Brandon Clark in the NBA, it's quite impressive. But when you compare it to what that type of, of um, to what those types of recognition have led to from the Grizzlies in the history of their franchise, that's really where this, the excitement picks up. It's great that these three players have all been all NBA rookie team, all rookie first team members. It's even more exciting that the front office and coaching staff that has really played a part in all three of them getting there is also the front office and coaching staff that we're going to have in place to support them throughout their development and growth. While this core may be the reason why we hopefully are one day a title contender, the front office and coaching staff being on the level that they are with each other gives the encouragement that they're going to provide the support needed to make sure we get there. So that's the thing about just how significant this this accomplishment has been. The Rookie of the Year award for Morant and these all-rookie first teams uh, for uh, Morant and Brandon Clark. The significance goes beyond the players, and they'll tell you that. They'll tell you that the reason why they had this success was because of the support that they had from the franchise. And if that support is leading to this good of results right now, imagine what it can do in time as these talents get better, they get more knowledgeable, and then they continue to develop their games and the coaching staff and players know more about each other. It's quite exciting. Again, none of this was unexpected. You know, even Jackson Jr. making the All-NBA Rookie First Team. All of this was expected. But the level of play that these three players showed together from what they did during the season to when they, though it was brief, to when they played together in the bubble. There's just so much potential, so much excitement. And not only is there the potential for us to, you know, be a title contender one day, it's also the fact that it's going to be fun as hell to watch and very exciting to see as time goes on, even if they were to potentially struggle um, over the next year or two in getting towards contention. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch play. So again, congratulations to John Morant, Brandon Clark, much deserved. Again, they should be one and two in any rookie rankings from this season that you see going forward. But the fact that they got to share this honor together, the fact that it's historic in terms of the NBA, but also, in my opinion, most importantly, the fact that it's a clear indicator from the past from past accomplishments by players in Grizzlies franchise history the fact that it's a continuing trend and this time hopefully third time will be a charm this time the trend will lead us to truly be in a title contender and allow for these players to accomplish their ultimate goal of becoming NBA champions we're going to take our second break and when we come back I'm going to talk a little bit about the playoffs what has occurred in the playoff bubble that potentially impacts the Grizzlies for next year and beyond in terms of other teams that are right there with them in terms of rebuild and potentially be entitled contenders in the future we'll be right back with you Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So obviously, this NBA, the NBA bubble and the NBA season in general has been full of surprises. Now, 
The Grizzlies are arguably one of the biggest surprises out there, one of the most exciting uh, surprises out there. It's been great to see their success before the suspension of the season, and even though they struggled in the bubble, they still got better as they went along and became competitive at the end. But there are other teams that have been, you know, to higher level of surprises that now are going through quite a bit of unexpected change. A couple of teams I'm, I'm looking at are, of course, the um, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. Both of those teams, the Rockets actually beat the Thunder in seven games and then wound up going on to face the Lakers and losing in five. But the common characteristic now that both the Thunder and the Rockets have is that they both both their head coaches are actually leaving the team. Billy Donovan is leading is leaving the Thunder because it's expected that the Thunder are wanting to really see out their rebuild, especially with the haul of assets that they got in the Paul George trade. But now Billy um, Donovan is out there as a free agent, potentially could go to college or potentially to another NBA job. But he's no longer with the Thunder, and they're looking for a new head coach. The Houston Rockets, after after seeing through how difficult it was to get past Oklahoma City and realizing that they really weren't able to match up with the Lakers, they now have $40 million or more owed to both, owed to each, Russell Westbrook and James Harden over the next three years. So that is not a favorable situation in terms of having contracts that are going to players that are past their prime and just have not have, have clearly shown that they do not have that chemistry as of yet to be a true title contender. Well, now they're going to be without their coach as Mike D'Antoni has stepped away. Now, it said it's been the reason for these coaches walking away is said to be because they did not agree with the contract structure of, you know, extensions that came their way, which is fine. But you also have to think that there has to be something beyond that. Maybe a difference in philosophies that's going forward, or maybe in Houston's case, the realization that Dan Tony's not the person to lead the Rockets to the title. And in the Thunder's case, the realization that Donovan wants to coach a team that has playoff aspirations instead of potentially a team that's looking to really see through their rebuild. But it doesn't end there. There also is the New Orleans Pelicans, who who fired their coach Alvin Gentry. Now, I'm not necessarily I I I could see why D'Antoni and and Donovan didn't work out. It just was a difference in philosophy for the coaches and the teams. But with the but with the um, Pelicans, they simply fired Gentry. And the thing about that is, is because they didn't make the playoffs. I know the Pelicans had legitimate aspirations to make the playoffs, but you kind of kind of feel bad for Gentry because it really is not his fault. Nobody could have predicted, you know, Zion having the injury that he had. Nobody could have predicted other injuries that they had. Now, they did not play well in the bubble, but I thought that they would give Gentry another season. So why is this significant for the Grizzlies? Well, going next year, you know, I had talked about it before. Other people have talked about it before. Injuries that impacted the Warriors and the Trailblazers and the Pelicans and other teams this year you know, not taking anything from how good the Grizzlies have been themselves, but those things did, you know, factor into the Grizzlies having their playoff run. Well, next year, those teams are expected to get healthy. So as we've talked about on the show and in other places where, you know, I've written about it over at Grizzly Bear Blues, you know, the pool of expected playoff contenders is going to widen. And there are going to be other teams like the Warriors, like the Trailblazers, and other teams that at full strength out west are likely more talented than the Grizzlies just because they're further on the competitive timeline. But now you look at the Pelicans and you look at the Rockets and you look at the Thunder who are going to get new coaches in place and they may take a year to adjust. 
you may see, you know, especially if the Rockets were to decide to blow it up with their new coach, you may see those organizations take a step back. Perhaps New Orleans is going to trade Drew Holiday for assets. They, all three of these teams, in the Rockets' case blowing up, in the Thunder and Pelicans' case, perhaps, if it just doesn't work out to begin the season, really embracing the rebuild, this is now three teams that were in the playoff hunt or made the playoffs this year that were expected to be in the playoff hunt next year that have taken a step back due to having to, you know, work in a new coach. And that's significant for Memphis because they're going to continue to need to have external things go their way, I feel, to make the playoffs over the next one or two years. And the other thing to watch out for is this, is that you've got both the Rockets and the Pelicans in the Southwest Division. It's a big, big deal if the Grizzlies can win their division. Well, now you've got two teams in both the Rockets and the Pelicans who are changing direction. You know, nothing's happening to the roster. You know, I would say that both teams right now, both the Rockets and the Pelicans, are still on paper more talented just because they have more veteran presence on their roster. But in terms of what direction they're headed, it's hard to say. It's going to depend a lot on their coach. And it's also going to depend on whether that new hire is going to be able to gel with the roster that's in place. You add that to the fact that the Spurs, even though they're like Popovich is likely going to continue coaching, the Spurs clearly are, are on their way towards a rebuild. Yes, they're still developing quite a few uh, uh, good talents. They're, they're, they're helping talents exceed their ceiling. But the Spurs themselves right now are also rebuilding. So that really leaves the Mavericks as the one clear ascending team with the continuity with their coach like the Grizzlies have. That's an encouraging thing. It shows that other teams are also going through the same thing that the Grizzlies are. But it also shows that the Grizzlies' initial success this season, just how positive of an occurrence it is. That continuity between the front office and the coaching staff and the roster that I talked about in the second segment, that's a reason why the Grizzlies can now be in place to take advantage of other teams' misfortune, of other teams' you know struggles as they try to get back going despite having a new man you know as their head coach. So just a, those are some things that have happened in the playoffs that I really think could, you know, potentially positively impact the Grizzlies. Now, the other side of it could be that one of these teams makes a home run of a higher and they're right back in the playoffs, which is fine. But at the very least, you could see one or two of these teams potential playoff push next year take a step back because they're going to have to work in a new coach. And if that's the case, I really do think that it works into the Grizzlies' favor and is a big development as they continue to grow. If we can make the playoffs in the second season, that's a great turn of events. It really leads to good experience for Memphis, especially coming off a very weird year just in general in 2020. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, and, and again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. Hope you enjoyed the show. What we will do is we will leave you with, again, where you can find the podcast. That is on Spotify, Stitcher, our podcast app on the phone, wherever you may choose to listen to podcasts, listen to us. We always enjoy making sure that you enjoy the content that we are so proud to provide. Again, for Sean Coleman, myself, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.